Okay, Britt, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know who you are. Okay, well, my name is Britt Sellers. I am 25, and I am a film director, producer, um, cameraman, everything. And we have some really exciting projects to discuss. This is my executive producer on all of our projects. She's also a co-writer and a co-owner on everything that we do. Diana Firefly. She's also my mother. And Diana have... Firefly Sellers. <laughs> so you, like you said, you have two films that you're going to discuss or you, that you have to discuss. And one had Tim Curry and Doug Bradley in it. So how was it like getting those two involved in, uh, was it Dagon that you had those involved? Yes, Dagon Troll World Chronicles. It's an animated horror film and it's about gangster trolls and their wars that they have with each other. And uh, Tim Curry, he plays our main villain, Necker for the Deathbringer, and he did such a fabulous job. He made the character uh, have personality, plus he made him sexy. He was originally supposed to just be your stereotypical evil guy who comes in there and kicks ass, but uh, Tim Curry, he, he kicked it up several notches. He was amazing, and it was all her doing. Yeah, I decided to hire Tim Curry because I love the movie Labyrinth. And so I contacted his agent. Legend. I mean, legend. I'm sorry. sorry. We love Labyrinth. Right. And legend. We love Labyrinth. It's our favorite movies. <laughs> and um, I, I contacted his agent, Marcia Harwitz. And I talked with her for about a month. And uh, we brought on Tim Curry. And um, he was wonderful. We didn't get to actually go with him to Salami Studios Hollywood, where we, where we recorded him because it was COVID. And um, I talked with, with Marcia and I said, uh, we wanna send him flowers. So we sent him flowers and uh, he loved the character. He did it like an hour long master reel and he laughed, he talked, he joked, he got a little dirty, <laughs> little down and dirty. He was great. He was fabulous. And he changed our character because we had a stereotypical, you know, villain character, he's badass. But he was Tim like changed Thanos. It. He was like Thanos to yeah. begin with, but then when Tim got a hold of him, he became sexy, <laughs> sexy, <laughs> sexy baby. He's like, um, who would he be like? Oh God, he's like uh, a, the trickster. He's kind of like the Joker. He's kind of like yeah. He's like Joker mixed with Frankenfurter. Oh, he's sexy it's just awesome and clever and. And he's got a sense of humor because in one part, we didn't even write this in the script. He said, ooh, yummy. And I said, oh, holy shit. Did you hear what Tim said? I saw us put that in the film. And when he's talking, he's, he says, oh, yummy, after he's just murdered like a whole slew of people. And you're like, yeah. oh, this is just We great. don't want to spoil it. We I know. Spoil it. <laughs> I'm like, Tom Holland, she has to stop me because I get going. <laughs> And so was that kind of like an outer body experience for you two to be involved with Tim Curry on this project? Well, oh do my you God. think when the he... factor of COVID kind of helped possibly be like, okay, nobody's really working right now. Do you think he would be more accepting to this full and free? No, he's very he's very picky. No, they yeah. have nothing really to do with it. He's very filmmakers when they heard we were going after Tim Curry, they said, Oh man, he'll say no. He said no to mine. And yeah, like, I had a guy say that uh he knew seven people that asked him to get involved and he would not 
And then he said, I want to get him in my film. Can you help me? I said, I can't help you. It's up to him. He asked to see the script. You know, we, we spoke to him for like a month. We spoke with him for like two weeks and we really didn't think he would do it because he is so picky. He's picky. But once he had actually read the scripts and he saw that the character was pretty awesome, uh, he said yes. And we started screaming and we were jumping we were, around the we house. We were so excited. And I'll tell you what uh, uh, Marcia told me privately. She said, do you know what Tim is going to do for your film? And I really, I, I knew he was a god, <laughs> right? Tim is a god, okay? He's worshipped as divine by everyone, millions including, and millions, including us. We worship the man. Tim Curry um, is my spirit animal. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I really didn't understand the scope because, you know, his biggest followers and everything I I thought were probably of an age group, but I was wrong. I was wrong because people have noticed and and found and and fell in love with Tim Curry from All the two thousand era, and now he has a whole millions of viewers and fans, and young, and they're under thirty. Yeah, they're all very young, and all my friends are like, oh my god, I'm so hot for Tim Curry, you know? <laughs> Me too! I'm hot for Tim Curry, I admit it. <laughs> He's just, the man is awesome. He has sex. Awesome. He's a sex god. I mean, if he's immortal. Do it, do it. He, he's and, immortal. And Doug Bradley, he got so into it that he recorded his uh, his lines at his own studio at 2 o'clock in the morning because he had been talking back and forth. I night. love Doug Bradley. He had been talking with me back and forth privately saying, so what is the character's uh, motivation? What is he really feeling inside? What is his, what is his thing? What is he doing? And uh, Doug is also very picky. I, I passed out at like at like midnight and he kept <laughs> going. He sent us his, his, his lines in a huge giant wad at two o'clock in the morning and my phone dinged. I was asleep I was basically unconscious and I left out of the bed <laughs> ran over there and checked my phone because we've been talking back and we've forth. been talking to him so we run back and forth and check you know we check, never sleep check, check. but anyway no we I got his his voice and I was listening to it on my phone and so I crept over there where my mom was asleep and I turned it up as loud as it would go and uh Doug Bradley goes Rawr! <laughs> Scariest noise ever, and it terrified her. She woke up out of a dead. I woke up screaming. I was screaming. What the hell is that sound? And it was Doug Bradley doing this terrifying, chilling growl. And uh, he is my favorite demon. He plays Goer Hida, which is a immortal creature that's not supposed to exist, but he does. And that's just Doug's way. I I landed Doug. And I landed Tim. And he's so nice. Doug is so sweet. And so is Tim Curry. And he signed my demon box. I sent him. Box. Yeah, my lament box. I oh, sent wow, that's him awesome. And I, said, I said, Doug, you're my favorite demon. Would you please sign my box? And he did. And he shipped it back to me. It was beautiful. And I have it now. Yeah, it was, it was really cool getting that. It's like a little special thing. It's fun. But uh, it, we just love spending time talking to these people. Just the process of hiring them is so exciting. It's, it's one of great. the best parts of being a filmmaker is meeting these fabulous people that you have only seen on the screen and that you've, you've like thought that you knew. And it's so much fun listening to them in like anime and stuff. Like if, if you're an anime nerd like I am, uh, I was watching Attack on Titan and I heard Aaron's voice, which is Bryce Pappenbrook. We love Bryce. And... Um, 
when I heard his his gut-wrenching performance as Aaron on Attack on Titan, I was like, oh my god, I have to have him in the movie too. So we contacted uh, Bryce Pappenbrook, and he's just adorable as hell. He's great. Oh, he's and- fabulous. He's easy to work with, very approachable. And he's been in like 45 anime films. Um, Demon Slayer, for one, which is like the highest grossing and my two anime favorite, film. My two favorite anime of all time is Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. So he's in both of them. And now he's in my movie, too, which is just great. Our movie. The Our movie. movie. Our movie. The movie. <laughs> we go on everything. And we're both narcissistic. So we, yeah. <laughs> we just keep going. So how was it like working on the animated film versus from the live action film? Well, the animated film is so slow because you have to literally craft every second, every twitch, and every, the music, every eye sound motion. effects. And that's not even going into the whole sound and music and casting the voices and directing and writing the script and everything else. Making this live action movie was so fast. I mean, yeah. it's going a million miles a minute and it's so awesome. And there's some huge distribution companies contacting us. Oh, yeah. And a channel that we can't talk about, but a very big horror only channel. Yeah, so we're really excited. And, um, but yeah, it was, and it was so much fun because with the animated film, you're kind of isolated away from all the talent because it's all through the computer. And um, when you're in the trenches with the zombies, I mean, it was like a giant party the whole time. Even, even sometimes our our cast would start dancing and there'd be like a bunch of zombies and fighters and people covered in blood, people with their torsos exploded and they're all dancing around doing that. You know, the right foot to stomp, left foot to stomp, chop, 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 whatever that song <laughs> is called. But it was so great watching all that. We got some of that on our Facebook page because we caught it a little bit. We came in after uh, after filming. The crew is so. the crew was so joyful. And when we do a film, even if it's an animated film, it's like a family. Uh, all our crew, all of our artists, all of our music people, we consider family, and um, we're just very approachable uh we're lgbtq friendly um we support minorities um we want to make uh a safe space in hollywood and in filmmaking yeah there's no contingencies or uh or, or consequences or you know you no. have to do this or i'm not putting you in the movie now or no or you're I mean, not the right type no there is no type yeah as long as you can fulfill the character we don't care your race color or creed as long as you're professional yeah as long as you bring to our film something quality, then we're fine with it. And uh, we have an all, I mean, it's not all women, but it's an indigenously female-owned uh, Indigenous. music group yeah. who does the O-Locks. music for Dig on a lot of it. And it's uh, Olox owned by Snow Raven. They're beautiful. I mean, uh, they do fabulous, fabulous music. And we also have Dark Hoffman, who is our, our premium artist. He does posters. He also did our uh, background art. Uh, he is a fabulous artist, R. Kaufman. We also have Steve Lee. He's from Disney. He worked on Lion King and several other Disney films. He worked with Elton John on Lion King. He is our sound guy. Yeah, he does a lot oh, of wow. He's trying to conquer this enormous project. That My audio book. And he's the only one that can <laughs> because uh, it's our first audio book, so it's a mess. It's a real bitch. <laughs> it's a real bitch. But it's creepy, and it's cool, and it's like Coraline. He's like, you misnumbered the chapters. And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm dealing with four different things at once. He's <laughs> like, where are we? We have all, all these fabulous creative talents like Steve Lee and like Dark Hoffman and uh, and like Olox and all our musicians. Luke Truen. 
yes. from the Discovery Channel is and doing our beautiful music. Dark from Australia. He's yeah, too. they're doing our music for the zombie film. Yeah, and the zombies are so exciting. Um, I'm actually working on the sequel right now, and it's kicking ass. It's going to be even better than the first one. Uh, it's just like happening. The whole zombie film just happened. We've even got a corpse bride. We brought over two really great stars from the UK. We brought Louise White and Charlotte Jenner. Jenner. And she is the corpse bride. Louise White is with MGM. And uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not MGM, Warner Brothers. And um, she does hosting and she does uh, celebrity uh, gala uh, things. It was so much fun oh, wow. with them after, uh, after they got here. And then we went right into filming and it was crazy, but it was fun. Fabulous people. We have Aisham Dejamel from Integrity Magazine. Uh, these people came all the way from the UK. Fabulous actresses empowered women, hosts, celebrities. They came over and did our film and just did a fabulous, fabulous job. And we took Aishan down into the caves uh, and filmed some zombie stuff. And it was exciting and it was fun. And I think they had a blast. I mean, everybody, it was a bit scary for even me. Like I was filming from the perspective of like a zombie attack victim and I caught myself actually getting scared, so I can just imagine what they felt like because they're at, you know, it's just crazy in there. And I, I really admire all of our zombies. They really kick ass as zombies. They're amazing. And the amount of chocolate syrup that they had to eat. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never eat chocolate I syrup I love chocolate. <laughs> we had like this grotesque, horrible mixture of like six different kinds of chocolate syrup of varying subs, sub, uh, consistencies. And I, I, they're like, I'm going to throw up. I can't go any farther. Let me stop. And I'm like, if you throw up, it's okay. I'll just film it. <laughs> It'll look great. <laughs> so is there anything you can tell us about the plot on the synopsis of a Blood Harvest yet? Yes. Blood or not Brothers, Blood Harvest, uh, Blood Brothers, right? Yes. Blood Brothers Life Harvest is about two young brothers. And it's like in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. Like, like things... Are going to shit and uh the zombies are everywhere and they have been holding out fairly decently in their little farmhouse with their little sister becca and their parents are gone as usually happens in these kinds of movies and um so basically the younger brother aaron goes out because he hears the dog barking and it sounds strange and he's like what's happening with the dog so he goes to check on the dog and gets attacked by a zombie and Enoch is the older brother. He's kind of like stepped into the father figure role of the whole family. He's like trying to keep them all safe. And he hears his brother getting attacked and he runs to save him. And when he gets the zombie off of his younger brother, Aaron runs because he's just a kid. He's 14 years old. He's played by Bobby Batson. Enoch's played by Alex Hahn. They both did an amazing job. Bobby Batson actually is 14. Yes. And I actually got him. I mean, he he's amazing as an actor. He cries on demand. He's awesome. He's so, awesome. Shout out, Bobby. You're great. <laughs> and um, our whole crew was amazing. But anyway, back to the back to the plot. Um, so Enoch gets attacked and bitten by the zombie trying to protect his brother. And throughout the entire film, it's just this constant struggle to you know reconcile the fact with Aaron that Aaron did run and. Aaron's beating himself up over that, and Enoch is trying to be strong, even though he knows he's doomed. So, you know, he's, he's been bitten. He's infected now. And the whole film is just this amazing dynamic between the two brothers, and Alex and Bobby actually got so close at the end of the film, 
in the filming the last they were day, like brothers. they turned to each other and hugged and said, dude, I want you to be my real brother. <laughs> it was cute. So uh, everybody just had a great time. And uh, they're kind of like all our studio family now, like, like all of our actors always are. And um, it's just, it's got everything. It's got excitement. She wrote all the funny, exciting parts. And she invented one of Dakota. the main hero characters, Dakota, who's a freedom fighter. Yeah. We write most everything 50-50. We, she directs, I co-direct, I produce. I'm the one that, you know, goes to the star and says, this is what we have. Would you like to be involved? I'm also the marketing person that talks to magazines. And um, mostly I'm the one that sets up talks with like channels and TV and and distribution, and I'll be handling most of that. I hate all that stuff. But I'm in the trenches with right. the camera covered in gore and blood. That's me. <laughs> but when I have a, a like a major meltdown, I'm like, Brett, Brett. <laughs> yeah, and she writes we most share of the chaos. Yeah, she wrote most of the zombies. All most all of the zombies. I just created a few. I characters. wrote the two brothers' main storyline, and I wrote the backbone of it. But the meat and the muscle and the good stuff. She threw in all she's these being, She's being uh, modest. I wrote most of Dagon. She wrote most of the zombies. Yeah, Dagon's basically her baby, and the zombies are basically, basically mine. But we took her. So when you create a character, what do you look for when you describe their backstory or whatever they're going through, what inspires them? What do you look for in a character? Um, do you want to go first? authenticity and most of that comes from real people we have met and uh when we come up with a character they always seem to have a fascinating backstory and um some of my Dagon characters such as Maxine and Jacqueline are based on real people Maxine's played by Josephine Pino and Jacqueline's played by Will Collins they both did an amazing voice acting job and highly recommend them so most of our characters have to have real emotion they have to be authentic. And we want characters that are going to carry forward a feeling of relationship and family and emotion in the film. So if our three characters are good friends, we want them to translate that to the audience so that you are in no doubt that these three friends are willing to die for each other. They're willing to lie for each other. They're willing to sweat and bleed for each other. And they love each other in different ways we have some love triangles and uh, it makes it very complicated but yet simple with my character development it's usually the main character is me and everyone they interact with are also shades of me and when I wrote the zombie film uh, we were going through a very hard time personally in our family through sickness and while I was Waiting. It wasn't me that was sick. It was my mother. I, I went through breast cancer. And she beat it. She kicked its ass. I'm in remission. And she's in remission. But at oh, the wow. time of writing the zombie film, I didn't know that. And all my fear and all of my uh, conflict and all of my energy and my emotion would go into the zombie book. Which is why when we ended up making it into a script, it had to be lightened quite a bit. Because there was nothing funny. There was nothing exciting or funny. It was all dark. I mean, she Much. sat with me through radiation. Yeah, my gums bled after uh, we got out of. She wouldn't the leave when they brought in the uh, the intravenous lead lined 
uh, nuclear uh, additive that they put into my body. They said the everyone has yeah. to leave, and she wouldn't leave. The doctors ran. They're like, everyone would inject her and ran. I basically, I basically held her the whole time, but she was, you know, letting this stuff course through her to, to locate any cancer. There was a target, and uh, I'm Aaron. I'm Enoch. I am Pyro. I'm everything, uh, and so is she. She's also the characters. It's just me and her, basically, in different shades. She of and I both both are the heart and soul of Scoffers. We're the heart and soul of every film we do. We're two fearless women, and we're in an industry where only five percent of women are Direct. directors. God knows what small amount are producers or own a studio. I mean, it, we're a minority, definitely. And we're out here in this pipeline fighting to have our voices heard. So is there anything else you can tell us about the movie? I know you told me a little bit you're submitting it to a few film festivals, but is there anything else you can give us some details about? Well, um, our, our whole film is going to be a sequel. I am trying to uh, flesh that out. So this is not the end of the Blood Brothers Life Harvest or Dagon. If you think this is terrifying, wait till you see this. And um, I'm currently color grading everything, editing the whole film. It's going to be around two hours and 30 minutes long. And that was a hell of a lot to cut because we started out with about a six-hour film. <laughs> and I had to chop it all up into pieces and just get the bare bones down to two hours and 30 minutes. So the director's edition is going to kick serious ass we have some really weird locations that we forced the crew to go to <laughs> we went down in a cave that had lakes very very slippery very wet yes we were terrified of falling into the, the pit of like no bottomless return, but... uh clay mud chasms yeah we sent isaac morton he's a 13 year old little boy we sent him down into the caves with aisham to hunt for zombie nests and uh it was so funny because he would start to slip and we'd all grab him because you know he's a kid he'd go off to where places that we're not you know he's not supposed to go and grab him drag him back onto the main path but it was, it was scary great. we were even filming at night which you know uh down in this down in this bottomless cave it was terrifying echoing and i'm sure a lot of the zombies and the crew were terrified <laughs> I know poor little Isaac was, but anyway, um, he plays uh, Melvin, and it was just great. Uh, he was great to work with. All our cast are young. A lot of our cast are young, um, main ones, and uh, we also had Tommy Kramer. He came down. He's not a young kid. He's a very awesome old gent, and he played uh, Mr. Murdoch. Nathan who, Kirby. Yeah, we had Nathan Kirby. He is a MMA fighter. And he was Dakota. And Dakota... Huge guy. Gigantic guy. Dakota runs this band of freedom fighting ladies. And uh, they all kick ass. And These are all, tough ladies. They're all just zombie freedom fighters. Beautiful, sexy, and tough. And uh, we had this one scene where um, it required a lot of emotion. And poor Nathan, I didn't know that he had this uh, personal issue happened a few days before involving the death of a student of his and um he has to in the film comfort a young child as they're dying 
and I didn't know this and it just he mentioned it to me on set and I'm like oh crap I said so if you don't want to do it that's okay I completely understand I know this is kind of a tough time for you because he said yesterday before we started filming he said the day before he was actually a pallbearer and um at the kid's funeral he said no the kid would really want me to do this he was really excited for me so yeah he said I'm gonna do it and in the film, we actually included the scene in the trailer because it was so raw and full of emotion. The scream that Nathan Kirby does, I think, was really authentic, authentic and channeling a lot of his emotion. And, he was um, literally crying when he did it. Yeah, he was he was amazing for us. Uh, and that emotion was, was raw and it was very powerful. And when you watch it, when we were at home watching the film, we cried. A lot of... A lot of emotion was in our film, and a lot of it translated into real life because uh, our main characters, um, Enoch and Jenny, the actors who play them, Alex Hahn and uh, Ray Dickens, I believe, are a thing now. They're they're together. Yeah, I think they fell in love. So that was really cute. And so um, the passionate kissing you see in certain scenes. Pretty passionate. (laughs) Pretty passionate. It's real spicy stuff. So um, this film's got everything for everybody, and we're really excited to show off and show what we've got. It'll probably be done next year. I don't know if it'll be out, depending on uh, distribution. Uh, we have a backup plan of going to all of the wonderful film circuits, and that'll just be a blast. If, We'd uh, love to do the can. We don't find a Sundance distribution company that we actually go with. So we're really excited about everything. And um, yeah, just shout out to all our crew. You guys did great. And all the people that helped us, uh, you're awesome. Awesome. And if people wanted to find you, where can they find you at? They can IMDb, find IMDb. Yeah, they can find us on Facebook. They can find us on YouTube. You just Google our projects, we pop up. Um, if you want to see the trailers for Dagon, Troll World Chronicles, or Blood Brothers Life Harvest, you just go on YouTube. Um, Dagon has a website up if you want to see some of our interviews. Go to uh, Brit Sellers or Diana Firefly on Facebook, and you'll see links to those. You can go to onto the Facebook pages. We'd love support. Uh, you can share our content. You can subscribe, hit like. Follow. Uh, follow just you know we, we love all our we're fans. coming out with a line of scoffer caps so pretty soon you can be a part of the scoffer family and we're <laughs> our scoffer stuff we do a cap club where all our actors wear the caps and we get photos of them and we put them together and if you want one a bit early go on ahead and message me <laughs> okay <laughs> all right well thank you too so much Thanks. we appreciate it it was fun yeah it was